Hello, I'm Alex Mansfield, the host of Manny Talk Shooting, and welcome to another episode. This is the shooting podcast where I talk to individuals all across the shooting industry. We'll talk competition, self-defense, concealed carry. If you like this content, check out our YouTube channel, Manny Talk Shooting. And without further ado, let's get to this episode. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to another installment of Manny Talk Shooting, the shooting podcast on the internet for me, for you, because I like to talk and have no free time after this. It's Manny Talk Shooting. Thank you for coming. Uh, Without further ado, we got to plug the title sponsor, Go Fast, Don't Suck. They made this awesome banner that's behind me that I love in my background. Um, It's needed. You need dry fire decals from them, match banners if you're a match. Uh, if you want a jersey from them, Bill's crew is awesome at customizing them. So check them out. GoFastDon'tSuck.net. Tell them Manny sent you. Move on with your day. Without further ado, we are sitting down with a friend of a friend, Mr. Sam Caldwell. How are you doing, Sam? I'm good, Alex. How are you? I am fantastic. And thank you for joining me on this episode. Um, uh, I don't know if it was fate or it's just a happenstance. Is, uh, uh, we are friends with Tom Castro. <sighs> That guy, huh? I mean, it, it could be worse, right? We could be friends with worse yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. Hey, I guess that's right. He's a good great guy, though. So Yeah. Well, and then I was just like, well, I mean, if he's if he's good enough to be friends with Tom, he's good enough to be on the show. So it makes it makes a perfect sense. So um, Sam, um, the first question I always ask all the listeners is, who are you and how did you get into shooting? I'm Sam Caldwell. I uh, started USPSA in 2020 right at the kick of the COVID bullet crisis uh, because my buddy said, hey, you should do this. And then I met Tom probably four months into that, and he's like, hey, dude, you suck. You should get better. Just follow me. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I didn't know any better. But I, I don't regret it. He's a fantastic dude. And me personally, I, I work at a firearms uh, manufacturing facility, so I uh, – around it all the time i've was in the military for 15 years currently national guard and been around firearms all my life so um uspsa is just like an extension of my lifestyle well that's pretty cool well first off sam i want to say thank you for your service no problem and um it's that's so we're kind of in the same boat we both started roughly the same time right 2020 when we're like oh cool this sounds like fun and then it's like so like I didn't start like I became a member in twenty of twenty nineteen at the end like oh I'm gonna start beginning of twenty twenty right oh no right. I didn't start till the end of twenty twenty and I was like <laughs> shit so um twenty twenty you started out in what production then I did started June uh, twenty twenty and quickly realized that carry optics was the better option uh, but I stuck to my guns and uh, wanted to shoot first first nationals as production which if you don't remember that was also the year that tom like exploded his mag belt everywhere and i was <laughs> recording that stage so it was pretty awesome mm-hmm. so did um i'm assuming you started in production so that means what maybe a shadow two or was it like a plastic fantastic so uh, i started with a glock okay. uh, glock 17 i uh, shot it for about two months and then some guy at the whack let me shoot uh shadow two and i just immediately fell in love and then i fell out of love when i realized that it created bad habits for me so i went to a plastic fantastic okay so you said you mentioned the whack just a second ago are you from florida 
or did you leave or like because i don't think you're in florida now no right? no i'm in north carolina um i was active duty when i joined and uh that's where i met tom and was stationed in uh, tampa for my last duty station so gotcha so then you uh did you always have family up in north carolina or did you just decide to to move up there oh uh, that's where i'm from oh, okay so i just moved back home gotcha so if you were going to call any club your home club, which one would that be? Dude, why you got to put me on the spot like that? Well, which well, better question. Which one's closer to your home? And that's even worse question because it's the same. Like, oh, I, can either, I can either go down to Belton and hang out with Todd and Tyler, or mm -hmm. I can go over to uh, Rowan and hang out with Ike and Brian Wolf and all those guys. And uh, it's the same, John Royer is the same, same distance. You know, it's different weekends. Um, I would consider Belton my home, honestly, just because their member process is like two or three years out. Uh, I don't necessarily need to be a member of any range, but I would consider Belton my home. Uh, that's because I would go there. I'll probably every month for their local It's just fantastic local. And then, regardless of what's going on in my life, I will take a week and help with Todd, whatever he needs as a friend, you know? Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So, so you, if anything, you'd consider belt in your home, which it looks like they put on good matches. I've watched plenty of your master member breakdowns from, mm -hmm. from Belton. So, yeah. So all the, all the worst ones come from there. Cause Tyler makes me go faster. Right. Now, <laughs> so speaking of that, does he put pressure on you to go faster or is that just a, like a internal like clock inside of you saying go faster dude i am so competitive it's ridiculous like i see him run like a 13 second run and i'm like oh i could at least do that in 15 watch this mm -hmm. <laughs> so well well he does have like a foot and a half on you right <laughs> who's measuring that's a better question <laughs> he's not tall i mean like I'm not like Hobbit size, even though I am called Hobbit. <laughs> so how'd you, now, when I'm concerned, how'd you get that nickname? <laughs> uh, so Area 6, uh, it was, of course, Tom and Craig McElhaney and um, Todd and Tyler. And we were all getting ready to go out to eat. And Tom was filming a video and... Uh, it was like the very last stage he tried to film, and I was sitting over there with a nail just beating on his blue drum, like, let's go eat, let's go eat. And he just got this hobbit in the background, you know, beating on this drum. I can't really uh this video right now. I was like, bend over, I'll show you my precious. <laughs> so oh. the hobbit nickname kind of stuck. Oh, that, that's, that's too funny. But uh, it's okay. The Hob the Hobbit Lord of the Rings are up there in my movie category, so so that, that that's that's pretty redeemable. No. So, you said you are in the firearm space, like is your day job, right? So I am. Um, yeah. So can you share what you do without making oh, yeah. any oopsies? <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Okay. For sure. So I work at the company Zero Delta above mm -hmm. me. Uh, we make ARs. We uh, make a Glock clone. We're uh, getting into some DMR and some AR-15 competition rifles here uh, with a USPSA-inspired rifle 
coming maybe later. Um, mm-hmm. But what I, I am the senior gunsmith. I'm also the tech support guy and the compliance officer. Um, the, my ta- my official title is assembly director. So. So you just you put parts together. <laughs> I'm just I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> eh, sometimes I mean so, most of the time it's it is Legos for you know ARs or Ego. Sorry, AR15 and Glocks are all Lego guns. There's hardly any fitting that needs to happen. But when it comes down to the troubleshooting is where you really make your money. So I'm a certified gunsmith, so uh, that was just a win-win for me to come here. Right. So that's not bad. Now, was this, the, I'm assuming, did you find this job in the mil- from when you left the military, or did it take you a minute to find this role? So in the military, I was actually an IT guy, and uh, I hated it. I'm not going to lie, I hated it. And uh, I was looking for a what they call a uh, internship is kind of the way the Army explains it. You could do six months on your last at the end of your enlistment and go and intern in a, in a field that you want to get into. Um, I really wanted to be a gunsmith before I got out of the military. And so I kept looking around. I just so happened to be home. And I found this place, and they accepted me as an intern. Well, things didn't work out, and like um, I was still stuck in Florida, but I got to work at a gun range, um, gun craft. Tom talks about it. That's where JJ shoots. A um, couple other people shoot there. Um, but it, it gave me all the skills I needed to come here and take this job. And then uh, when I came back, I tried to look for some IT jobs and. It was an hour and a half drive to get the pay I wanted for a one-way drive. It was an hour and a half. And I was like, I've done all this stuff. So, job and, like, you know, um, and then I just quickly climbed the ladder and here I am. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty interesting. <clears throat> so, with Zero Delta, as you said, you've, you don't you don't miss your stuff. The ARs, the 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 Glock clones. Um, do you have any product that you've kind of had a lot of say into that you can talk about? Uh, yeah, <laughs> almost every gun that we make, I've helped design or helped perfect. Or um, we're coming out with some DMR rifles. Uh, we're guaranteeing like. Uh, way or less air 15 platform, which is pretty good. Uh, custom air 10s, we guarantee half MOA on. Uh, we're also teamed up with US Optics, so we all their glass we use. It's, it's really, I mean, we make some pretty awesome ARs, but we also make those low end budget ARs, you know, you could get for about four or five hundred bucks, roughly. And mm-hmm. it's going to work. It's not going to have all the nice niceties of, a, you know, uh, the higher end guns, but they're going to work. Mm-hmm. So if you could pick one project that you've been involved with, that's probably your favorite. Which one would it be? Mm. I can't tell you what we used it for, but it's a full auto 308 that at 200 yards, we were getting quarter size groups. 
with an 11 and a half inch barrel. That's pretty impressive. That that would be cool to play with. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. So you said, you know, you're shooting a Canic now. Um, why not a Zero Delta? <laughs> I'll be honest. I can't, we can't keep them on the shelf for me to get one for myself. So okay. we, uh, we had some delays with um, our plastic manufacturers that kept us about a year and a half, almost two years from actually sending the gun off. And mm-hmm. a lot was COVID, a lot was uh, import restriction stuff. Um, but, you know, every gun that we've built since we've got product and has been already pre-ordered for a customer. So, of course, those are going to go first. Mm-hmm. So would, uh, if, if supply and demand even out, do you think you'll be able to shoot one in competition? It's actually already approved for USPSA. Well, I mean, you. Would you shoot one? Oh, one? yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would shoot free guns all the time. Right? Well, put a smile long, on my face like this. As long as the ammo is free too, right? That That's the hard part, right? <sighs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> ammo, is, that's a different story, you know? All right. I need, I, everyone could use an ammo manufacturer as a sponsor, right? Yeah. Hey, Arms Corps, here we are, buddy. Come on right. out. Exactly, right? I know you, John. Mm-hmm. Free ammo. Need more bullets. <laughs> so so you, I want to dabble back into USPSA a little bit more. Um, so, you know, you, you went from production to CO. Um, what was the biggest aha moment between the two when you initially jumped? So before I actually ever shot a carry optics match, uh, switching from the first time into production, I took a JJ Ricotta class, same one that Tom talks about and how much all he learned. But I was the guy going, "Oh, see, this is exactly what you say, right?" I was the guy that's hitting him on the shoulder. Um, but he really taught me like a lot of things um, that I used to go and beat my buddy that invited me to USPSA like from day one. So like I took a class on a, I think it was a. Friday, Saturday, and then that next Wednesday, I was beating my buddy. So it was fun. Um, it's the little things, though, that kill me now. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, you saw my breakdown. So I, I do see your breakdowns, but honestly, I before we had this, I was I was dry firing, and I told Tom, "Why do I feel so weirdly motivated to go crush my training after I've watched someone else get broken down? Not just me, like." You or if it's um, another like another members like um, Josh or Harrison, like when you guys go get broken down, I'm like, oh, I want to go train. Like it really motivates me to go and think about what he's talked about. Right. And then throw it into my own training. Like um, I think that's the special sauce of his his breakdowns and especially in his we'll call it community within his little master members and like his online program that he has that's the special sauce because if you want to get better you're going to take other people's malfunctions or errors and make them better and not exist in your own mm-hmm. yeah it's gonna well and I've, I've even made a video about it he posted about it. it's like you know even as like a an insider member not even a master member you go watch right. the you go watch the breakdowns you're going to take away something in your own shooting yeah so even that makes it worth it, right? And I mean, if although the platform kind of sucks, like I'm not gonna. Yeah, lie. I, I wish you know, but it's ten thousand dollars for an app. So yeah, I'm not saying but, he needs an app, but 
Can we switch like hosting services? Because like the thing is wonky. <laughs> oh, are you talking about Wix Spaces or whatever? Yeah, I, uh, like I don't know if it's just me or like I don't get any notifications. Notifications are on. I don't get any notifications when somebody when he posts something. I'm like, what the? F-? I got to go in there. Every oh day. yeah, you got to go to every sub thread and hit the follow and notifications thing. It's it's not pleasant, that's for sure. I told him he should just do an OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> it has a subscription thing built into it. Yeah. And then so, you can pay pay premium for more videos. That's right. Screw that. Screw that paywall that's opened up. No. <laughs> I was I wanna see Tom doing Master Member breakdown with no clothes on. <laughs> but luckily enough, we don't he could be doing it without clothes on anyway. We don't see him. Yeah, that's true, that's true. I mean, we know where he does it in his house, though. So it's kind of like, yeah. and he does have children, so. He doesn't even, so like what he gives to you guys, he doesn't edit it until I've watched it, right? But there's been many times I've got my master member breakdowns. He's like, hey, I'm recording in here. Can you get out? <laughs> what do you need? That's too funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. It pays to be an old IT guy, right? Yeah. But yeah, so uh, like you said, you started in 2020. Um, did you come in C class, D class, B class? What was it? Uh, I think I started like at 42%. So D class, I guess. Okay, so you, you've come yeah. up quite a bit. You, I mean, are you are you trying to? Are you are you close to A class? I think I'm like 72%, something like that. Okay, so you're you're right there. Yeah, I just I, I'll be honest, man. Like we've signed a few distributors, um, and I've made thirty five hundred guns with six people in the last twenty three days. Mm-hmm. So we have been super busy. Yeah. So with being super busy, um, how do you get out? Do you do a better question is, do you get to train other than dry fire? I used to, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I took this, uh, director job here and, uh, it's been, it's been pretty hectic, but it's, it's starting to smooth out a little bit. So I've only been in this position for about two months Mm-hmm. And you know every job has its like rises, and then you plateau, and you find time for yourself, and then something else changes, and now you lose it all. But I'm about at that plateau where I can start going back to actual training. I used to train Tuesdays and Thursdays, 100 rounds out at, during lunch, dry fire uh, in my breaks when I was actually building guns. So it was not uncommon for me. To be seen wearing a belt coming in in the morning with a gun on and wasn't a big deal. Gotcha. That's pretty cool. But, but now I have meetings and have to answer phone calls a lot. So, so you don't—they just don't want to hear the click clack in the background, right? <laughs> Cycling <laughs> the slide, playing with That's the trigger. True, yeah, yeah. Oh, I would be like if I had, if I was able to work from home. Oh, I I would have to be like pressed to talk all the time because it'd be just like click clack. I would have one of those big trucker headsets, you know, with the big boom mic. Yes, like, ever. Yes, click. you need one of those. What can I help you? Click. Oh, I'll listen to him rant a little bit. Click. All right. Yeah, you only can help you that. Yeah. Have you seen? I don't know if you've seen this, but there's um like probably an Instagram reel 
of the people like doing customer service um and they're just able to <laughs> like they they're speaking every other word comes through because they yeah. unmute and they're like yeah. you motherfucker it's yeah. hilarious mm-hmm. those are the I don't do ones. that no I don't do that hey no. you're in charge of people you can't <laughs> <laughs> I have a door though so I can do whatever I want <laughs> exactly exactly so um I don't know I mean is classification still a goal for you or have you become more of the way of Tom and it's like classification really doesn't matter? I mean, I still get like uh, super excited to shoot a classifier. So I always want to do good, but like a big thing that I learned, especially this last year is the classifier can definitely change your overall score for the day. So it doesn't, do you any service to bomb it because it's just going to make you look bad. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, if, if Todd beats you. Right. Well, he has home field advantage, though. He owns, he has the power of the tablets. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, I guess yeah. Sam gets an extra couple procedurals for not picking up those nails. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you're right. Yeah. You So if you bomb the classifier, you give away easy points to your your competition, right? Right. And and that's the hardest thing, too, is when people like, I don't want to go up. I, I don't. I, I got a zero in. I'm like, okay, go down another 5% in the scores. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why uh, for Tyler and Tom, they, they never really don't try, but they don't like – I guess I get super excited about the classifier and I like, you know, I get all that nervous energy. and um, But, you know, when they shoot it, they're shooting it for fun to try to do the best they can. But if it they don't do well, it doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> so, hmm. I don't want to stay B class forever. If that's what you're asking. Well, no, I don't. I wouldn't want to stay B class forever. But it seems like everyone says this, right? And I don't know if this is true. But as soon as you stop caring, you're just going to automatically boost up in classification. But, but it, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Like, and I've I've finally got some of my local guys to think about that and just like shoot it like a stage. It's just another stage with. You know, 60 points that you're going to lose the match if you bomb it. Dude, I stopped carrying it. Um, like, I try to remember. It was like my first production match after Carry Optics Nats this year. Um, I was shooting at Rowan, and I was like, oh, I think I've shot this classifier before, but I don't know if I've shot it in production. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Let me shoot it. And I had like, a 92% run on it in, in production. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what the heck is this? Did Obviously it fl- I did. Oh yeah. It got oh, flagged. Did, did oh, you, yeah. appe- did you appeal it? No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Like, I mean, it was, it was a hero run, honestly, but it, I connected and it everything worked. And I was like, Oh, all right, here we go. Mm-hmm. That's not bad then. So, yeah. um, back in so back in twenty twenty or when you first started, what was your first uh, major match you ever went to? Area six twenty twenty. Okay, so it was pretty early then, or was Area six late, in, or was Area six in Florida that year? It was in Florida, yeah. Okay, because that I was had, a weird one. I had forty eight mics. That's not uncommon. I mean, you're a brand new shooter, right? Yeah, and I only lost D class by two points. <laughs> oh, that's got to hurt in the soul, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so, did 
did you feel did so that area six would probably be the only area six match in current state years that wasn't staff reset right oh no it was not so but you must be getting accustomed to staff reset matches now aren't you i actually don't like it really so you as an area six resident don't like it explain why i mean it's nice to have but like you so i shot area eight this year and that really solidified my opinion on staff reset right so i was kind of shooting with uh the super squad of a8 right mm-hmm. so tom castro aaron edens john vlager john browning and dude like those guys work right mm-hmm. and that's what i like because when they're out there pasting they're also talking crap and it's awesome. We're like, oh, you got two deltas over here. Look at that guy, you mm-hmm. know. And that's motivating. Sitting back and sulking about your score while everyone else shoots is terrible. Hmm. Right. So, is that one of those things where uh, you would take it or leave it, or will it make you decide to go to the match or not go to the match? I mean, I'll probably still go to the match, but I'm. It's a much better time if you're pasting yourself. Right. Probably keeps your energy level up. Like I know myself, like as soon as you can kind of get lax on something, you, yeah. you kind of get out of the groove. Oh, yeah. and, and and I'm betting with the staff reset match, you're more likely to forget targets because you're not out there pasting and making sure you remember where they are. Or on the other hand, yeah. you have more time to visualize and get your stage plan down. So you're never going to forget a target, right? It's a... Uh... Oh, no. You... I totally believe that if the, during the staff reset matches you get very lackadaisical, most people sit down, drink water, they get like really heavy, they'll eat snacks or you know talk crap and not focus on the match. Right, going out pasting keeps you focused on the match, and like I don't know, staff reset was I think is a, a thing that should will be going away because it's it a lot of people like it but they don't want to pay for it. So why even have that option, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's true. There's pro- It's interesting to hear. I mean, I worked. I've never shot a staff reset match because I've worked a staff reset match. Right. Where staff reset is great until the rain hits. <laughs> well, you know, you've got your certain amount of people you need, and then it's like, oh, um, it's raining now. I've got to lift bags. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell a quick story. Um, Buckeye Blast is, you know, first time I met Tom in person, the last day of the match, it starts to rain in the morning. We had like yeah. four squads or five squads to shoot that day. And the first squad was cool, cool, you know, no, I'd call them nobody shooters, but they're just like you and me, like average Joe Schmoes, right? And then the next squad had Mr. Matt Hopkins on it. Mm. Um, so I was like, well, these guys probably are not going to be like these guys who helped us pull all these bags and then let us tape. So we need to find a solution to these bags yesterday. So right. we found a way to slit the targets. Mm-hmm. So at least then it was we were back to running at our optimized pace. Okay. We're almost close to. Because the first squad of the day, we went from like a – it was supposed to be like a two-and-a-half-minute turn time to like four minutes purely because pull the bags. And these weren't the cheap, shitty bags. These were the nice, right. thick bags that – Oh yeah. That are that the are, ones that are tight. terrible to get on. Yeah, because they're tight yeah. on the sticks. Correct. I mean, they're great if you had to shoot in them, but getting them up and down is a bitch. So, yeah. so we figured I it out. I just think everybody should save the money on plastic bags and buy waterproof targets. 
See, I don't disagree and I do disagree at the same time. <clears throat> now, do I agree that waterproof targets should always be on movers? Yes, absolutely. But it's hard, it's hard to say to have them on the whole match because... It saves time. It, it, I guess it... I won't disagree with you on that. But the it's hard to... Currently in my brain, as being a match director and I ran a match, I was like, double the cost on targets and pasters? Uh, it was hard to swallow, especially for the, the, the tight budget we had. Right. But now, if you're maybe a Nationals level match, absolutely have waterproof targets. Yeah. I mean, South Carolina sectional had waterproof targets. Yep. They also threw well, out a stage. Well, that wasn't, that wasn't the target's fault. It was the target's fault. It was in the wrong bag. <laughs> no, no. The target was not the blame. The person that put the target up was to blame. I know. I'm, I'm just messing. Yeah. yeah. That sucks because that stage looked cool. And the best part was, as I got Tom to send me the video of Kluge kicking down the door. Oh, yeah. I was standing there. <laughs> I love Jim. Jim's, Jim's a good yeah. dude. I like Jim a lot. So you said your first um, area match was Area 6 in Florida. Yep. Um, you had 43 or 44 mics. Um, 48. Oh, 48, even worse than what yeah. I said. Um, yeah. Did that light a fire under your ass to get better, or or what? What, what was the case there? Um, I'm not going to lie. I was shitting with uh, Michelle Viscuzzi at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that lit a fire under my butt. <laughs> <laughs> not wrong with that. Yeah, no, I uh, I left that match and I was like, man, can't believe I lost by two points. I should get better. Mm-hmm. So I guess it did. Right. So then, so then you get to go and shoot a whole rest of the season, pretty much. Did you have any? Yeah. Ma- was that your only major for the year, or did you shoot like? Well, North- I mean, that major was like October. So. Right. So then, what? Probably North Florida section, probably by then, maybe after that, and. In- no, I didn't shoot that. Okay. No. I, uh, after shooting three matches a, a month at the WAC, mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, garnishing the smell of the summertime WAC, I never wanted to go back there. Oh, yeah, because it's built on, it's next, is it next to the dump, or is it is the dump, or? It used to be the dump. Okay, that, Yeah. And then it's right next to an airport, right? Uh, it's beside of a drag strip racetrack mm-hmm. and an airport. Okay, so that's why they got the super strict safety rules. Oh, yeah. It's gotcha. terrible. Yeah. Here nor there, it is not an ideal range for USPSA. It? <sighs> yes. So it kind of... The, the problem was, it's like most other ranges, you know, the town grows up around that area mm-hmm. and you know it's, it's just one of those things that it's going to be there but doesn't mean it's great correct that is true so uh we're going to fast forward into 21 right so you you, you decide you're going to get better because 48 mics is not okay no no so what was the next major after that 21 was South Carolina sectional. Okay. Did you see good improvement? Uh, yeah. Well, that's good. Oh, yeah. I uh, took fourth B in production. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I got beat by uh, Adam Jaswitsky. He's a South Carolina native. Okay. So ever since then, I was trying to chase him, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty good. Gotcha. So a couple listeners want to get to at this point, and it might bring up some more topics. So, okay. Um, so you have to then get. I'm going to ask this question, and then you're going to have to guess who asked the question. Oh, it's going to be easy. Okay. Have the growth treatment sessions been working out? Yes. So, so who asked the question? Do you know? Uh, it's either Clay Henson or Todd Holmes. Wrong. Oh, oh, dang. So this is the guy who is B-class trash, Mr. Oh. Matt Kobe. He's A-class trash. No. he See, the problem is he didn't upload his scores fast enough, so <laughs> it bumped him back down after another classifier he shot that same weekend. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. He never told me that. Oh, yeah, he changed it, and then he had to change it back. It was hilarious. I, I, I busted his balls on that one. No, so uh, it was funny enough. Mr. Kobe shot production in production 15, or limited mm-hmm. minor, this weekend. And I'm like, are you t- are you and Sam gluttons for punishment or what? Like, Is that why you're selling his rival? I mean, probably. <laughs> I mean, I, I would tell him, he's like, you need to give me a better deal on this, so I'm going to pick I it know, up in right? person. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need he it. He wants five six hundred, five sixty, or something like that. Like remember, remember he touched it, so it's got it's gold, right? It's it's yeah. it's it's worth all the money now. No, I'm. Yeah. He is. I, I'm really nice. To, I'm really glad I've actually met Matt and get to know him and bust his balls. It is quite entertaining. Yeah. I ask him next time you see him. Ask him why it says uh, "classic firearms" on his tattoo. <laughs> I better. <laughs> but he does say he, he does say he misses you though. I know I miss him a lot. Well, maybe he needs to like come down there instead of just like live on his little boat. If he, uh, if you ever drive with him and you pass a, uh, um, any kind of trailer, just shout out like horse trailer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of this, oh, this is a great question. So you drove, what was it, to Area Six? You drove Tom and was it Craig? Oh, so ah, uh, no, it was going. <laughs> it was, it was my buddy John Newhoff that used to help Matt and Tom uh, mm-hmm. do the match down in Guncraft, and then mm-hmm. uh, it was me, Matt, and John in a truck, and then it was Todd and Craig in a, in their truck, and mm-hmm. I have a display in my truck where I can watch like Netflix or YouTube or podcasts or whatever, mm-hmm. right, and. We got about 10 minutes down the road, and Matt was freaking out. Like, I was going to crash and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, that's like, calm down. Like, we had to pull over and tell him, like, you need to shut up or we're getting a rookie ride in the back with Tom. <laughs> that's too funny. But uh, everyone kind of likes that display in your truck, don't they? I do, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Do now. It's quite probably entertain. It's probably got really nice nav and all that crap. Is it probably got Google CarPlay? So it's actually a like an Android tablet. Oh, that's pretty cool. So can you run yeah. practice score on your truck? I can. <laughs> it's like cool. Scream the scores over here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not getting out. <laughs> yeah, I'll just hotspot my phone. It's a tablet. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty baller. Not gonna lie on that one. 
So, so this is a good question. Um, our friend Tom asks you, wants you to think real deep. What is your biggest weakness as a shooter? Too aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not measured because I want to say uh, I I'm down to try it to see if it works out. Most of the time, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I've I've kind of never tried to be safe when I was shooting, and, mm-hmm. but I mean, even down to running uh, into position, out of position, uh, I'm aggressive, mm-hmm. and it's just because I want to be competitive, right? And I can see that, especially especially with watching uh, watching your breakdowns. I can see that. Even before he actually starts talking. I oh, know. But, but I'd rather you be, I would say this, I'd rather you be too aggressive and then have to learn to dial it back than be not aggressive enough and then have to find the aggression. So it's Tom's fault mm-hmm. that I'm so aggressive. Not because I tried to be like him or mim- mimic him. It's when I started out, I was a turtle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was very, very accurate. And I, uh, I got tired of being so slow and he would yell at me, rod, rod, go, keep going faster. And so I did. And now I can't stop. Right. So you're almost like a bull in a China shop sometimes. Uh, he calls me a bowling ball. So if you don't know, I'm kind of thick. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. You no. know what they you know what they say there, you know, well, I don't know if I can say this on Pat. I'm going to do it anyway. You know what they say about you know, what what a skinny girl's good for? Mm, nothing. Exactly. No. <laughs> nothing wrong with you ladies. Um but um <clears throat> excuse me. Um so we do have another question. Okay. So so he so he wanted to find your beat up. So what is your biggest improvement in the last 3 months? Mm. My reloads. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are using cool Henning mag pouches, so it definitely makes it, it makes them better. Dude, if I could get sponsored by Henning or... Man, that dude is so awesome. I, I've talked to him multiple times. He is such a great dude, and he actually cares. Um, he actually listens to people when they ask him for things, and it's freaking awesome. Um. But yeah, I mean, my reloads, like, I, uh, at area eight, I really learned that I wasn't making reload a priority. And I have a problem with, uh, not compartmentalizing steps of shooting. And, uh, I'm trying to work on that. That's probably, uh, my third biggest achievement. Yes. I can see that. But yes. Reloads, reloads are nice, especially when it's really cool when you have to slam like five of them in a stage because you decided yeah. to shoot production. Yeah. Did you shoot Area 8 this year? No, I did not. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very fortunate the week before. I was hanging out with Tom all weekend. He came up oh, to my – he he, he, uh, he taught a class up in my – Kobe's in my neck of the woods. So Right. No, I did not go to Area 8. So they had a stage. Uh, it had to start with your hands on the barrel. Mm-hmm. And then you had uh, all magazines had to come from the table. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and so you could go to the right or to the left, but each one had 10 shots. And it and sucked for production. It, because you didn't have, you couldn't have a Barney either. Correct. So, uh, but I, that I wasn't reloaded. Was, but that wasn't I reloaded. Go ahead. Nope, you go ahead. <laughs> I reloaded three times before I left the front position. Oof. Yeah, because it was an unloaded start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the bullets. All, All the, the bullets. bullets. Now, this wasn't the stage that was three per, was it? No. Oh, that'd be that one. <laughs> that one was terrible. That was the first <laughs> stage we started on, and it had two double stack swingers. At least they weren't holy monkeys, right? They had a holy. Uh, no, they had a holy monkey too. Wasn't on that stage, but double stack swingers at three per is terrible. Well, especially for production, you know that's six rounds right there. Well, one of the double swingers had a no shoot on it. Yeah, that's that's never fun. Yeah, and it was an unloaded start. So no Barney bag, no Barney wow. round. Area eight is not low. Well, most it, it, so it, it seems like most matches nowadays are not low cap friendly. Oh no, but I will tell you this: I like that kind of challenge, so I would definitely go back to area eight if they're going to do it that same way because it was a fantastic match. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can I talk can... trash about how hard it was and all this other stuff, but it's just gonna. It makes me want to go back and get better at it. Right. Well, yeah. Well, everyone likes hard shit, right? Every well, to an, ex- ah, to no, an extent. No, no, to an no. extent, they like hard stuff because if you know it's who too doesn't easy. Like hard shit, Matt Kobe. Oh yeah, this is why he's still B class trash. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, hard stuff is fun. Like, uh, I, like Area Five. Like, I don't. You know, you haven't come up to. You haven't been to an Area Five match yet, have you? Nope, not yet. I uh. I don't know how much uh, major matches I'm going to get in this year. I have uh, a couple of uh, army classes that I need to go to this year. So it's probably going to kill a lot of my free time. Mm-hmm. Which isn't terrible, right? You know, you got to do stuff. You're still, you're still, what? You said you're still reserved, right? National Guard, yeah. Gotcha. I'm going actually, I'm going to be a warrant officer. So. It's gonna definitely make my retirement a lot better. So, right. Sorry, USPSA. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, um, you shot two. Yeah, only two nationals. Carry optics and handgun nationals this year, right? This year, yeah. Okay. Um, they were both in Ohio for you. Yep. What What did you think of the facility? Um, it's okay. Could it be better? It could be better. It could be closer. I don't. I mean, it is what it is on distance. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I I honestly think they should not. Every two years, they should have it at the same place, and then uh, the next year they like move it like West Coast, Central, Eastern esque. You know, that way most everybody gets the 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 best opportunity to go. Right. Right. Yeah, like for myself, like I, I told myself I didn't want to go to Open Nationals down in Talladega, but I told myself I must go to Nationals in 2024. Yeah. So that means I'm going, unfortunately, to Talladega for Open PCC Nationals. The area's not that great, but, you know, the match is okay. Yeah. And that's, 
And that's where I regret. I'd love to see more, you know, nationals move around, make it a little bit easier. So every once in a while, it's only like a five-hour drive, not a twelve-hour drive to Alabama. If if it's over four hours, I'm probably not driving. Yeah. Is that? I'm just old. I've had two knee surgeries. Uh, If I stay in a car for too long, I get stiff, and it takes hours to recover. Mm Mm-hmm. So. I could see that. That's unfortunate. Well, it is what it is. You old bastard. I mean, I've jumped. I jumped like eighty-three times out of an airplane for the army. So, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's the woes. Oh, so you said you jumped eighty-three times. All right. So, what's your best jumping story? Uh, I jumped out with a hundred twenty-pound rucksack between my legs. I was the last person to get off the plane. I could see the guy waving me on, like, come on, let's go. And then I jump out and I drop my ruck uh, on it. It has a, an extension line, so it does. you don't have to land with it. And then it was dark. There was no wind. I actually landed on my ruck, hit my head, gathered my stuff up, went to the assembly area, uh, sat down on my ruck to change my socks, and woke up the next day in the back of a Humvee. Yeah. Hmm. That's no fun. Well, those are the those are the breaks. Now the question is, do you actually did you so you jumped right? Oh yeah. And remember nothing. Oh no, I remember it all. Okay. So I've actually walked across the top of a parachute before, midair. Okay. That's kind. Of, that's kind of interesting. It's not. It's really scary. Is it? It just yeah. sounds interesting. But, yeah, because what, did you do, jump too early then? Or did you just catch up to the guy? No. So, like, they, um, they'll sweep underneath you, right? Mm-hmm. And you'll be over top. And you just kind of, like, if you're falling faster than, than them, right, you're just going to go and crash into their parachute. And the only way to get away from it is to run across it. Mm. Gotcha. So those are some interesting stories about jumping out of airplanes. You're the second person I've ta- on the podcast I've talked to about jumping out of airplanes. Who was the other one? Uh, Alberto Colon from the Tampa area. I know him. He was on a couple episodes ago, so we, we talked a oh, lot yeah. about his uh, his army background. So Oh, nice. I was down there where he lives, so stationed down there. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. But yeah, so do you miss active duty? No, no. You like the civilian. You like the the National Guard slash civilian lifestyle a little bit more. I do. I get to do what I want, pretty much. Yeah. Is that uh, a good thing I, though? Is it seems like some people need the structure, right? Uh, if it was me, eighteen years ago, I would probably say the reverse. But I mean, I had that structure for so long. So, uh, my the owner of this company, the COO of this company are all former military retired so I it works out very well I get the camaraderie from them uh I have the discipline that I gained through the military um the only thing I do miss is jumping all airborne stuff mm-hmm. but. so would you ever take up skydiving as a hobby no too different it's 
more expensive than shooting. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could probably afford it if I wanted to, but I uh, tend to go all in on my hobbies. So, right. As we should, right? Like, if we want to take them seriously enough, you you, you kind of can't tippy toe into them. No. I mean, being a gunsmith for me started out as a hobby, mm-hmm. and then it was like, oh, I could actually make this a career. Mm-hmm. So, which you do, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, oh, I guess this is a this is I guess a gunsmithing ish question. Um, what is the most requested color on a rifle? From Zero Delta. Mm. Vortex Bronze. They have their own color bronze. Yeah, Vortex Bronze. It's a Cerakote color. Okay. I mean, Sig has Sig Tan. Sig Tan is ugly. Yeah, well, I mean, but they have their own color. But so, so Vortex Bronze is like what you see like on a like on a PST Gen 2 Viper or yeah, le- like the, what what the hell is their really good optic? God. The Strike Eagles. Not that one. Oh, God. No, this is going to bother me. The one day. Uh, God, it was, it was, it's like the go-to everyone was using too. Fuck. This is going to bother me. PRS stuff? No, it like an LPVO kind of. Oh. Fuck. What was it? Crossfire? No, now I'm gonna have to look it up. This uh, is bothering. This is bothering. I thought it's Strike Eagle. Strike Eagle was the cheap one. Oh. Oh, I know it is. The, it's it's the razor. Razor, razor. Yep. Yeah. Because they also have it as a red dot, but it you know it's. Yeah. Bad, bad vortex naming things twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. So that's pretty cool. So you paint things uh, vortex bronze, which is actually probably a pretty cool color. I'm not gonna lie on that one. It looks like purple with brown. Yeah. It's not my favorite. Yeah. So Kids if you're love it though. So if you were gonna paint a rifle for you, what would what color would it be? Uh black and tungsten nightshade. Okay. That that does sound pretty baller. Yeah. I've got an idea of what tungsten nightshade looks like in my head, so I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that mental picture. So you nightshade is a type of camouflage. Mm-hmm. Um it's essentially little rectangles all over everything. It's pretty awesome. Oh, so okay. I, I, I think I'm not big into like, I call it like the first person shooter games to, you know, right. like everyone's all those, oh, I got to have this new skin for my gun. No, Mm-mm. I actually, I actually have a, a green and FDE one next door. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I kind of made you new to your off, neuter your office, didn't I? New to my office now. Neuter your office because you probably had cool shit in your office. And then you're like, oh, I do. Hold on. <laughs> it's a 300 blackout. That oh, that is pretty baller. It's a SBR, so. And then we got the old retro gun. <laughs> yeah. And then this is. One that I put together for uh, CanCon this year. It's a 11 and a half inch full auto billet. Oh, that is that is sharp. Yeah, and there's our LVPO there. Nice, nice. Yeah. So for, no, for you, I, 
<clears throat> the office is not neutered. It's just angled differently. Gotcha. I mean, that's how it's got to be, right? You know, yeah. at least it's not a casting couch. <laughs> hey, that's what they said when I. So I actually took this couch out of the foyer because nobody uses it. And uh, the COO came today. He's like, what do you, why do you have a casting couch in here? I was like, I needed it for a podcast. I'll take it back. He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's, like, it's like quarter one for the, for the foyer. Yeah, right. This is trash. I put a different one in front. <laughs> that's too funny oh lord um so do you have any cu- current goals in your competitive shooting career i do yeah i um i want to make master before 50 no i'm just kidding i'm only 40 so 10 years would be a long stretch um i don't know i want to make a class before the uh end of before area six next year mm-hmm. um and then master by the end of the year. Okay. I think that's respectable. Yeah, I think it's also attainable. I, um, like I said, I'm in that plateau in the job, so I'm gonna need to fill the time. Mm-hmm. That'll be cool, especially since you shoot difficult matches or challenging matches, so it makes it the skills a little bit more rewarding because you're able to perform at a level which you appreciate. Yeah, easy matches I, I tend to do worse on. Because okay. I try too hard. <laughs> right. And then now, the more hard matches I do pretty good on. Right. Well, and it's just the mindset you put yourself in, right? You walk the right. stages. You you get a plan. Um, do you find yourself walking stages at a local, or do you just show up for the first five minutes when you're on the bay for the first time? Depends on where it's at. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of locals around here I can pretty much just – show up like 30 minutes early check in and then walk stages a few times and be done but like rowan and belton i always get there like an hour and a half early help finish stages and then walk because Mm -hmm. there's always little things that could be better or all not better but always there's always a little bit better way there's always a way to flow through the stages where you're attacking all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of it, it really challenges you to be better. So, I mean, you saw that master member program, the very first stage, he was saying you should have went to the right mm-hmm. instead of staying in center. Well, that was my plan. My body just did not execute it. Right. So like, mm-hmm. yeah. So those little matches like that, I mean, Rowan every now and then will have some like, banger of the stages and you really have to pay attention mm-hmm. so right and and those are the matches that make or break you as a shooter you know you get better because of the finite details and the planning right like for myself um i know something that i'm gonna have to do that i've told tom is that i need to go and really go before the match and walk stages like i give a shit and not listen to anybody right and just like walk the stage be like this is my space. This is my time. Let me walk it. Right. Because I, I usually, I show up in the five minutes that when our squad rolls up to the stage and I'm like, okay, I'm looking at it. What do I see? <laughs> yeah. I think you're honestly doing yourself a disservice by doing that because I, everybody wants to BS with their friends and they haven't seen them for a month or a couple of weeks at least. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people get wrapped up into that, but I mean, once I put my cleats on or my shoes on, 
it's time to train. So mm-hmm. that's that's kind of the mentality I take at the locals is because that's what it is. It's a training match for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I may not be the perfect, but I take what I screwed up last time and try to make it better and incorporate it to that one. And then, like, I have really targeted dry fire. So, like, I didn't just go through a routine. I take mm-hmm. my match criteria from last month or, you know, whenever – and use it into my next stages. So that entire month that I'm not shooting that next match is I am dry firing those situations throughout my dry fire. Mm-hmm. So when what? I do see it again, I already have muscle memory on it. Mm-hmm. Right. And how, how intense do you say your dry fire training is? Do you, what is it a couple times a week? Is it an hour a night or what kind of, what do you, what are you getting in? So at minimum, minimum 30 minutes Mm -hmm. if i'm not getting something or if i feel like it's a little off i'm going at least until i get it done so like if whenever we get done here i haven't drive fire today so i'm gonna go home and drive fire before i say hello to the kids because once i say hello to the kids or do whatever because they're probably in bed already um i'm done right Mm -hmm. because it's just the way it works as a dad i guess yeah, absolutely, and you know, family does come first in a lot of case well, for most cases. I mean, right. especially it's cool when you have a spouse and children who understand your hobbies and like what you want to go do. Um, right. Now, do your kids? I don't know how old your children are, but do they seem that like they'd be interested in the shooting sports when they become of age? So typically, during the about October time frame until January. I'll, I'll dial everything back and shoot one local a month and then another one weekend a month, my oldest and I are going to shoot shotgun matches. Oh, okay. So we, we both enjoy sporting clays. My, I have four kids, four boys, right? Um, I feel sorry for your wife. <laughs> a 17, a 15, uh, four and three year old. Oof. And, uh, my 17-year-old, dude, he is a crack shot. Um, every year we zero in the deer rifles, and uh, we have a single test. It's can you hit a 20-ounce a lid nailed to a tree at 100 yards? Mm-hmm. If you can't, you shoot the 22 until you can't, and then you go back. Because I'll tell you right now, High power rifle ammo is expensive. Exactly. Really expensive. So uh, every year, that's the thing. And about, you know, within five shots, he's got it dialed. So he's crack shot. That's pretty cool. That's and I'm he's not he's even better with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want to pursue that. He wants to be a finance major, which is fine with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fifteen year old. You know, it's not very into guns at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the four-year-old has shot a twenty-two, a twelve-gauge, a twenty-gauge, a four-ten, uh, a three-hundred blackout, and an AK. A gambit uh, of different things, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, I build guns, so of course I've got guns. Right. Um, but. The coolest moment as a dad was uh, he mag dumped a 300 blackout and was like, Daddy, build me one. I was like, <laughs> okay. He's like, I want dinosaurs on it. I was like, okay, cool. But better question, what kind of dinosaurs? 
Oh, yeah, T-Rex, of course. There you go. That's got to be a baller paint job, not going to lie. Yeah, I actually talked to our Cerakoter about it. He said I could do it. That's so. pretty baller. Yeah. But that's cool. So, so Sam, we are near the part of the show where I like to wrap it up, and I've got a few more questions before we, as I call it, pinch it off. Um, do you... So Sam, do you other than probably your employer, do you have any form of sponsors or people you need to shout out? So I don't have any sponsors. Um, I do have companies that I use and I only recommend and I always tag them in my Instagram. Uh, it's mm-hmm. Go Fast Don't Suck, of course. They made my awesome Hobbit jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunter's HD Gold, hooking it up. I've got all three lenses from Brian uh, at handgun nationals uh i got i paid for my uh, active blues those things are fantastic i have photosensitivity so they work really well uh this year i started using dominant defense mm-hmm. um they are fantastic belts i will never ever get any other belt besides dominant defense i have um, three <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm about to buy another one i think i uh i got a single stack gun that needs a a rig mm-hmm. so um tom castro of course he's my he's he don't, i don't sponsor he doesn't sponsor me he should as much as i talk about him uh <laughs> as much as we talk about him we should give us some of that some of that money right um, it's what well, we keep giving him money that's the I, I know, right <laughs> um i shoot supervale ammo um mm-hmm. i i like them i've never had a problem out of them um, right now they're the cheapest thing I can find. I don't have, I don't reload. I want to reload. Um, but I, I have a feeling that now is probably not the time to be reloading. Um, but hitting those are the people I use. Mm-hmm. So I love all their stuff. Gotcha. Uh, Holston, Holston mountain concealment. Those are my favorite holsters. Um, they're kind of a, a no-name brand, but, man, they are fast. Like, mm-hmm. just instant touch out of the holster. There's no tension unless you want it. Um, it's it's pretty awesome. Well, that's pretty cool. No, nothing wrong with all those companies. I, I know most of them, so uh, they're all fabulous. Um, if anyone's curious, Dominate Defense. Use Manny Talks 10 for 10% off your Mach 1 Speedbelt combo. Definitely gonna buy that one. Thanks, yep, you, Manny. You got. I mean, it's gonna save you a little bit of money, but uh, you never know. You never know when that, that money's gonna come in handy. But oh, um, yeah. but yeah. So Sam, if people want to get a hold of you and talk to you and make fun of your hobbitness, um, where can they get a hold of you at? Uh, the Shire at gmail.com. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to go get that Gmail now. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, sc underscore shooting Instagram. Um, you can hit me up. You can search me up through Zero Delta if you want. Uh, I do have a direct line and an email. I can get you some guns if you want, whatever. Um, yeah, I'm not putting my cell phone number on here because you're going to call me. So, Yeah, exactly. Where's my gun, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, Sam, brother, thank you for coming on. This has been a fun and interesting conversation, so I appreciate your time. Yeah, it was great. And uh, to the listeners, get out and do the things. I will see you on the next one.